Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with Alundis Haven. Alundis is the CEO and founder of the Winner's Paradigm. He was a Marine Corps veteran. He endured physical abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, and created so many mental barriers to keep himself safe from the world. I think so many of us can relate to this. He later understood that he had trapped himself into a box where he had limited beliefs and did not understand very simple life concepts because his box had kept him blocked and safe from the world. The Marine Corps allowed him to find his tribe and excel, but when he had a very freak injury that took a toll on his mental well-being, he really decided to stop and reassess where he was at. He had to leave what he was good at and search for what was next. And as a veteran, it's tough to reintegrate into society that does not understand you. He started the Winner's Paradigm to help people who are currently battling to improve and calibrate their mindset so that they can achieve their definition of success. During this episode, Alendis vulnerably shares his challenges, what he's walked through, and how he recognized his own limiting beliefs. And through that process, he is now able to help so many others with this work. This led him to also helping others to produce podcasts and learning to continue to share their messages with the world. This is such a beautiful episode and share, and I know you're going to love it. Welcome to the show today, Alundis. It's so nice to actually meet you and have this conversation. Thank you, Marsha. It's an honor to be able to be here. So you are also a fellow podcaster. You have two podcasts too. You're in this like world of crazy like me where we have two podcasts. Yes. So uh, originally I have one podcast called The Winner's Paradigm. Uh, I started that a week before my daughter was born. It's all about recalibrating your mindset and really tapping into these things. Uh, I'll, I'll tell a little bit about my story, but uh, kind of in my case, you know, uh, I had a harder background when I was younger and and narcissistic parents, they're alcoholics, racist stepdad. So it was, you know, unpacking all these beliefs, but really getting to the point when I got older, uh, I got into the Marine Corps, you know, became my own boss, young, 1920, uh, E4, E6 position. I had all this weight pressure on me. Everybody's coming to me for answers. And it's funny, it's like, we give the best advice, but we can't take our own advice. So oh, gotcha. uh, that podcast is where it started for me. I started diving into it, doing the self-help, the healing, you know, sharing that story and then got to a point where, you know, getting the seven figure entrepreneurs and I'm like, Hey man, you know, and he's like, you know what? I love your show. We're talking mindset. And I'm like, uh, what about business? So that's where, uh, it kind of worked out in my favor. I have a, also a podcast media company, alpha influence media. Mm -hmm. So we made a, uh, podcast to go with it about building dominant brands. And that's really where I share all my knowledge of being like, Hey, 
everything I've learned about business has been hands-on in sales, you know, everything I've done myself. Uh, yes, I did get the college degree, but I didn't learn Jack from that college degree. <laughs> I learned the definition of an organic lead, but they didn't tell me how to create your organic leads. Oh, how true is that? And I mean, anybody I talk to in business who has been building their own, like you learn it by doing, right? We learn it by doing. So I'm assuming you're somebody who is good with taking messy action. Absolutely. I'm always taking action and and trying to do something. And I'd say for me, uh, that's kind of what it was. You know, I used to be a big drinker and uh, it it was always the, you know, on to the next thing and proving everybody wrong type deal. But it went down to the point of um, your legacy, you know, and figuring out for you, like what's important to you, your core values and so forth. So uh, I'm one of those that's driven and I'm just always on the mission to do something next. And the good thing is, is, you know, when I dialed in those core values, it was like, all right, well, now I'm going to show up for my wife. I'm going to show up for the kids uh, and I'm going to be the best I can be, whether it's, you know, business and life. And cool thing about podcasting is you can do that. You know, so I started feeling better, uh, moved away from a job. While I was working 60 to 80 hours where they didn't see my value as the number one sales rep. Uh, so it definitely was cool, you know, mm-hmm. being being somewhere where I'm like, man, you know, I just get to be me every single day. Right. And you just get to share, you get to share the message. I actually just got a review on um, Apple and it was funny because they said that if you want fluff, don't come to the show. If you want like real conversations, this is the one I'm like, okay, that's a compliment. I'm going to take that one because I'm so not about fluff and I don't get the impression that you are either. Oh, not, not at all. I, I keep it real with you. Uh, why? Because I would love for you to do the same with me. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, you know, we can sit here all day long and we can talk about and even make ourselves feel good. But at the end of the day, it does nothing for us. And that's kind of where it was with me. I've always said I'm an external introvert. You know, you put me in a, a room yeah. uh, or excuse me, extroverted introvert. So you put me in a room, I can talk to everybody, but I don't click on that level. I'm not going to care. You know, so mm-hmm. it was one thing for me where I'm like, yeah, I like to see you for who you are. You know, again, I, I used to be the party guy. So it's completely different when you go from the party guy being faded and then coming in a room like, hey man, how's your core values? How are your kids are doing? You know, uh, yeah. how how was it this week? Oh, you know, I wasn't able to get workouts in. Man, you got to be able to do that for yourself. You got to show up for yourself. And they're like, what, what is this? This is night and day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I love that you started here because I think if you don't know what your core values are, like that's where you have to start. I don't care what your business is actually doesn't matter at all because you have to know who you are and what drives you. And one of the things you mentioned early was the words that you said was this proving energy. Like you had this proving energy that you had to go out and prove and whether it is to others, to yourself. I mean, I relate and resonate with proving energy because that's something I lived with for a big chunk of my life, but I would love for you to start there in your story that led you into that mindset. And then how did you get out of that trap? Absolutely. Uh, so I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Um, originally, I'm from Fresno, California. My parents had me when they were young, 1921. So they're partying, doing dumb shit. And I'm right in the middle of it, seeing it, you know, five years old, uh, kind of was treated like an adult. They wanted me to have the responsibility around the house. They wanted me to do all these things. And uh, really was the one, like I said, you know, everybody came to me for help, advice, um, but had the racist stepdad in the mix as well. So he he made me challenge my beliefs and I got a design of my hair and you're a hoodlum. And I'm like, Hey man, aren't you the one, you know, being the parent leading me? So I'm a direct, a direct reflection of you. Uh, but he was just a weird dude because when it was closed doors, me and him cool dude, but moment he was around his friends, family, my mom, he acts completely different. So, uh, really going through these things, um, got kicked out of the house because me and him got in a fight one day, you know, went back the next day, 
basically since I was 16, I would go home, do my chores, leave. Uh, my dad abusive and then kind of had girls coming in and out. So when I was younger, I had a problem with relationships because I just knew people weren't there. Also, too, I've never been close with my family. Uh, it's always been one of those my whole entire life that I extend my hand to, but no one gives a single F about me. And that's kind of where that proving energy came. Uh, why? My mom did put me on a pedestal. No matter how bad my life was, you know, she always tried to uh, make things better. And she'd be like, you're this because we see great potential in you. You get the good grades, you play sports, you know, but for me, it wasn't that, you know, I wasn't athletic. I, I wasn't strong. I didn't have confidence. My dad got all the girls he got. He was the coolest dude I know, you know, to everyone else, but couldn't show up for his kids. So for me, it was doing that healing. Uh, I get in the Marine Corps on boot leave. My stepdad thinks my mom's having an affair. Uh, grabs a 45. It was my wrestling coach. So he came up to me before uh, going to the bathroom. The only one that was open was my mom's room. So he walks to the room and I'm like, hey, man, you know, watch out. You know, my mom's in there. Just let her be out. You can go in. Uh, stepdad goes, shoots him within a centimeter from his face. So it was something I had to process, which I didn't uh, because the SWAT team went through the house, woke up my brother and sister. And then my stepdad kept calling me, calling me and me just going crazy because I wanted vengeance and I wanted to fire back. And then uh, it developed me into a bigger drinking problem that I had because I just kept suppressing my emotions. Because again, like narcissists, you can't talk. And uh, last Fair time enough. I seen one of my friends that died of cancer, uh, I was so blacked out drunk saying I was going to kill myself. And my mom was just like, why do you want to kill yourself? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, you're not listening to me. Like, you don't understand what I'm going through. Like, I want to do something stupid. I want to hurt my stepdad for what he's making me feel, you know? So it was going through all these things. Um, and really for me, it was always accomplishing things. So go to the Marine Corps. Uh, what's funny is I get out the Marine Corps, I end up at a mortgage brokerage and I'm 22. I'm with a bunch of other 22 year olds, but my whole life I've been treated like I'm older, you know? So I'm always hanging out with people in their thirties, forties. I'm like trying to get this knowledge, you know? And that's why everybody loves me. That's older because they're like, bro, we click with you. And I'm like, I'm just driven. Like I'm not out here doing dumb things because I was drinking at a young age. So yeah. when, when I talk about hating drinking, it's because I've been blacked out drunk at, you know, in high school, like all these things I did back then. So why am I doing it now? You know, I'm a father, I'm a husband. And, and that's kind of where it was for me, you know, was figuring out, hey, I want to be the best I can be in those aspects. Um, I was going to school. I got the degree. You know, I have the podcast. I start the business with my mentor, Zach Babcock, that I never thought I would do. Uh, and it kind of was, you know, checking all these things off and then looking at it for what it is. Uh, my parents like to label me, you know, say I'm the problem because they're the narcissist. But my dad, you know, I have a daughter. He has a daughter right after me. So it was one of those to where it's like, how are you going to measure in that? You know, homeboy's still partying, almost 50 years old. And then my mom, six and a half years later, is living with my grandmother. And uh, the sad thing was, is I bought my own house. No one came to it. Uh, me and my dad aren't on terms because he was doing some crazy things. So I said, hey, this is what we need to fix first because they are, they are people. And this is where you know I used to mess up. And that's where that anger comes out is uh, you set boundaries and they cross them every single time. So I said that we're no longer talking. My mom uh, never once said, hey, I want to come see you and your daughter, but she wants to paint that picture to people. So for me, it was saying it as it is and really just living how I want to. And you show love the way you want to be loved. And that's kind of what I wanted to do was like, man, I'm pouring all my heart out into everybody. I'm working on myself. I'm doing all these things. But for some reason, it's always me extending in that, you know? So yes, it gets a little bit of cold sometimes when you have to say, hey, these are the boundaries. This is what it is. But I was always doing that. And in my case, like as I strive, these people were bringing me down no matter what. So it sucks that they're not in my life, but at the same time, uh, it, it's part of the journey to where I was able to finally break through, be me and do what I got to do because I was getting tired of the same thing over and over the insanity where 
you have uh, a good idea and you're like, Hey, we can do this. And then all of a sudden they cross it, you know, or I have a wife and all these things come out of marriage where it's like, all right, I got to do some work. I got to do some healing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's like a big story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. And I, I can hear in this sense, right. There comes this time where it's a, it's a heavy thing to say, but there comes a time where I believe that the people who have been in our life up until now, we needed them to become the people that we are. And that almost that their role in our life is, I don't want to say done. It sounds harsh, but they've played their purpose. Like they've played their purpose and you probably wouldn't be the person that you are today doing the work that you do today. If you hadn't lived, even though nobody wants to choose that, right? Nobody wants to live with those kinds of circumstances, but rather than holding on to the resentment piece, it becomes, okay, I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have this. I wouldn't be the dad I am today. I wouldn't be the business owner that I am today. I wouldn't be the purpose-driven um, entrepreneur if I hadn't walked through these paths. So I'm assuming that just from the head nod alone, that that's some of your thought process in where you are today. Yes. Uh it, it it really is, you know, and for me, it was releasing that anger, releasing that hate. You know, I have five good friends that died along the way. My grandfather, who was the cleanup guy for my dad, uh, come into my life, he died. And I went crazy because it was like, man, I have no one to talk to, you know, and it was my father-in-law's the dad I wish I always had. But I put a distance on that relationship for a while because uh, I was like, my father-in-law dies. I'm going to be back in square one and go crazy. So uh, that's where I really, you know, dove into myself and said, hey, I'm going to let this, I'm going to let things go with God and and just be the best I can be. Because again, it's not God's fault. You know, everything happens for a reason. But to me, I was angry, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like, in, and I went to the church and they play the picture and my dad painted the picture for the church because he pays the money. So for me, it was like, I don't believe that's my community. I don't feel at home because I can never be myself. And uh, everything's a part of that journey. It molds you into you, you know, and it's all love. Like, and that's my goal now, you know, is like, I show love in, yeah, you know, it's not that I hate these people or I'm so upset. Like, we're just not on the right path right now. Maybe in the future we can align, but I'm about, you know, being the best I can be. And I can't be the best I can be if I feel like this weight is just pushing on me, tolling on me. Uh, Cause then again, it's going to keep showing up somewhere else in life. It will keep showing up. This exactly, it, it just doesn't go away. And I'm assuming that that mindset alone is a big piece of the winner's paradigm. 100%. And that's really what it was. You know, when I was looking at the winner's paradigm, uh, I was looking at professional athletes. I love Kobe Bryant. And I was like, man, this guy's always in the gym. He's working harder than everybody. He would see somebody trying to go to the gym. He'd be there for 18 hours, you know, whatever it took to be the best. And when you look at any winner, whether it's an entrepreneur, it's someone who's good at their job, it's uh, any high achieving person, they're always finding a way to win. In, in my case, like I had to do that. I have to find a way to win every part of life because I don't have the people that can do things for me. I didn't have the parents who say, they say that they gave things to me, but they never did. You know, uh, I needed $10,000 for, to get my house. And all of a sudden, you know, the VA is like, Oh yeah, we approved your package. Here's my money. You know, like that's how I got my house. And it was something where I was freaking out. My wife's freaking out. We're like, we have a baby coming. How are we going to make this happen? Luckily, you know, things aligned, but it was one of those learning it for myself where you have to figure out for yourself how you're going to make it happen, what you're going to do to get to the next level, put the work in. You got to constantly evolve. Uh, And for me, it was one of those to where the more you put the work in and you change your mindset on that. And again, you know, everybody's in their own uh, path, but 
if you even look at anyone's path, like you can see exactly where they are. If they start speaking, I can know for a fact, you know, in two seconds of where they're on their life and what they kind of say, if you ask a question on how they maneuver their, their answer. Mm -hmm. You can definitely tell. And one of the things I always talk about when it comes to our stories and sharing our stories is that you can always tell when a person is in their story or on their story. When they're in their story, there is a lot of anger. There's a lot of rage and a lot of, and I get it because I spent a lot of time there. No change happens there though. That's the hard part, right? Learning how to be on your story, you're able to have perspective. And so unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, there are times I can tell immediately after talking to somebody, I'm like, "Mm," and they're like, okay, well, how do I speak about it? How do I share? Or how do I write the book? And I'm like, you have to do the work on you first. You're not there yet because you don't want to speak from a space, right? Like if you would have started your business when you were in a real space of anger and resentment, how different would your business look now? Uh, so initially when I did start the business, there was a little bit of that. Yep. Um, and it, it was diff- It was different to the point where I, w- I had the fear of just communicating. Again, like I'm saying things, uh, my mom has somebody playing, uh, they're, they're spying on me. They listen to my podcast and report every single thing back yeah. to her. So that was something that I was like, oh, I would say things intentionally to piss them off. And like, I did things intentional, you know, and that wasn't my goal, but it was one of those like, all right, you want to play that game? I'm going to win because that's me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and it was feeding into their BS, their nonsense versus saying that. So now it's completely different. You know, I don't do that. And that's why I say like, I'm going to say some uncomfortable things and may piss them off. They may feel whatever, you know, I thought they were going to sue me. And I kept saying that for a while, but I'm not going to manifest that. You know, I'm going to be the best I can be. It's not that I'm slandering them. I'm talking about the shit that molded me into me and why I am the way I am. And clearly it is, you know, actually what's funny is I talked to uh, my mom, which was like a 20 second call yesterday to get, uh, see my brother and sister this weekend for my daughter's birthday party. And even yesterday, you know, me and my sister were talking and um, it got a rise out of me. Like I thought I got to a point to where I don't feel this, but my sister is going through the exact same thing that I went through. So here goes me, you know, snapping, uh, luckily, you know, didn't do it on anybody, but I call my breathwork coach and start going through and he's like, Hey man, you have all the tools within you. And I'm like, I know that, but I'm so frustrated because my brother and sister are living what I was living through and hearing the narcissism and my mom acting dumb for no reason. And it's just like, it shouldn't have to be that way, you know? So it's a constant journey that you're evolving, but you're always going to be working on yourself. And that's something I'm reminded by. I'm humbled by It's like, you you haven't made it and that you know i thought i got to the point i thought that the egoness the the cocky sometimes but it, it's part of you you know and, it, and you have to brace those things mm, thank you for sharing that because i i want i always like to be real with people and, and have them see that you know you can do the work never ends and i always say if you actually want to like if there's somebody you look up to and admire for what they've created what they're doing in their life i guarantee you they're self coaching themselves on a daily basis and that means the triggers are coming the challenges are there sometimes they're not going to be proud of how they responded and sometimes they are but that self coaching piece so you've built quite the toolbox that you referred to i know you've mentioned a few things what have been some of your most valuable things in your toolbox that help you when you're having those moments so, so this is where I'm going to jump into what happened uh, for me. You know, I'm not going to say it, it worked for every single person, but um, w- let's take this back to the Marine Corps. So when I was in the Marine Corps, I tore all the cartilage in my right knee, mm-hmm. uh, gut wrenching. Why? I was on a meritorious board. I was uh, E4 working at E6 position. I'm this badass. I'm number one. I'm dominating, uh, not in life, but just in business. <laughs> so I'm thinking one way, you know, and I get injured, pull me off that board. I end up getting out the Marine Corps. I have an identity issue because 
I have joint problems in my knees, elbows, shoulders, hips. Body feels like shit every day. I get migraines multiple times a day. So I'm figuring out for myself, like, how do I go through this while still processing all this uh, emotions and so forth? So for me, um, got into CBD, got into cannabis that allowed me to be able to um, feel better and be able to get workouts in and so forth. But then I kind of used that cannabis as well to be able to uh, feel that anxiety sometimes, you know? And that was one thing that's like when I was younger, I was like, I don't like it because I get anxiety. But it was something for me where I was like, I'm going to get this anxiety. I'm going to journal it out and I'm going to talk about whatever it is or how things make me feel. So it was, you know, facing those demons, crying out, uh, journaling, you know, putting those emotions. Uh, I have a breathwork coach as well. So that was the awesome part, you know, was, uh, having somebody, my breathwork coach, Nick Wingo, he was a firefighter for 20 years. You know, he's seen some crazy things, PTSD, you know, had the bad relationship with his parents. Uh, so it was pretty damn awesome talking to him and being like, Hey man, this is it. You know? And I'm like, you know what I hate? I hate therapy. I hate antidepressants because I was in the Marine Corps. They put me in antidepressants as a neuroblocker. I start flipping the F out. They're trying to tell me that I'm the crazy one labeling me as depressed, labeling me as this. And I'm like, it's just all the drama, you know? And that's what was funny. It's like, Luckily, the therapist did say that, like, once you get out the Marine Corps, you're going to worry about one thing. And that's going to be, you know, your wife, your daughter, that may bring you a little bit of stress, but you're not going to have to worry about the Marine Corps and being micromanaged or feeling like you're less than yourself. Because I got a boss in the Marine Corps after I was my own boss and um, terrible, just terrible leader. You know, she wanted to micromanage me. And and I'm like, that's not the point of where I am, who I am. So it was very degrading, uh, made me very depressed because, again, I was top of the world, you know, performing. And then all of a sudden I have somebody watching my back every single thing I do. Of course, you're going to mess up all the time because you're heavily scrutinized. So it was one of those things for me where like I started building all this, you know, I start uh, working through, I start journaling, I get the breathwork coach. I talk about it more on the podcast. Uh, I start opening up to my wife and, you know, she's seen me cry sometimes, but I'm like, hey, I don't mean to be reactive, but it's how I kept myself safe for so long. You know, I don't mean to act this way, but this is why I do it. You know, so for me, it was uh, always having that. Like I said, I stopped drinking, which was the one of the biggest parts for me because that identity issue of who I am, you know, what I stand for really came into play because you're questioned, you know, uh, I'm getting called a square, I'm getting called whatever. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I guess I can be a square. And they're like, why? I was like, because I like reading books, you know? So my father-in-law would always make fun of me. Oh, all you want to do? I'm like, Jeff Bezos reads books. So what are we talking about? You know, books as a bad thing. Like, you do whatever you want, but you're going to listen to the podcast. You're going to do that. I was doing all those things, you know, getting in the right room with people. But I would say like, it all started with that inner healing in regardless of what you're going through. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't talk about it because that's me and the struggle. No, I talk about it because that's what it used to be. I used it to empower people. Uh, I, I was actually listening to a podcast today and uh, Brad Lee was talking about like, that's old you, you know, you don't need to talk about it anymore. Yeah. hundred percent. I do it because my brand's about recalibrating your mindset. So I talk about these things because I'm helping someone on that mindset journey who's going through it because this was me. You know, I've been frustrated. I've dealt with the narcissist where you put that work in on yourself and then they try to tell you how you are and you're like, bro, I don't even talk to you. I haven't talked to you in six months and you want to be trying to read me, trying to tell me how I act when the whole six months, all I've been doing is working on myself. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you for all that. And I, I do agree. I think that there's nothing wrong in referencing back where we've come from, what we've come through, especially when you are somebody who is really wanting to leave with the intention of helping others. Because I also think that this is just, again, my own opinion. I think it's a mistake to not highlight those chapters because 
If not, we're continuously putting ourselves on this pedestal and making it look like it's so easy to be up here. Meanwhile, we're literally coaching ourselves all day long to be like, so let's be real with people who are trying to create change. Yeah, I got one thing on that in, in, and it's exactly saying what you are. So uh, there was a conversation I had with my mom and my dad, and this was when I was at the mortgage brokerage, I was in the heat of figuring my shit out. And it really pissed me the F off because then I know that they don't understand me. And they told me, both of them told me, you were always the one who had it figured out. You are cut from a different cloth. You've always had things come to you. You get the girls, you get everything in life, you get the good grades. And I'm like, y'all don't know a damn thing of who I am because I am the most introverted, awkward person. I don't know how to speak because I've seen, you know, my dad be a straight savage and that's not me. You know, I try to be a savage. It works, but that's not me and who I am as a person versus, you know, getting to know people. So it was one thing where I learned, like some people don't get it. Some people don't get what you went through. Yeah. You know, uh, my, my parents put me on a pedestal. My family thought that, oh, you know, because I'm the highly competitive one, I'm forced to act this way that I'm just the one that gets everything. No, you guys don't know how much I worked. I wrestled and didn't win for a year and a half straight. And it drove me insane, you know, and then I start winning. Then I start, you know, working. I was running 16 miles a day at one point to cut weight. Like, People don't know those things. They don't know that I starved myself, you know, when I was wrestling and all these different things that went into my mentality because I couldn't talk to people about those things. So it was one of those things for me. Like if you don't articulate it well and you don't show people that side of you, they're going to keep thinking, oh, you have it all figured out. Man, I had nothing figured out. Like no one helped me. They, anytime I, I, I try to say something, again, it's ridicule in one way or the other. You know, it's them talking about their perspective on life. And I'm like, man, this isn't it. You know? So that's why like, when I was younger, I'd always get in trouble because I would go to my friend's houses and I'm talking to their moms or whoever. And then I get too deep into something. And then I'm like, oh yeah. Cause that's how my brain is. You know, I adapt to something. I get super clingy with it. And then I, I start oversharing. So it was one of those to where it was like, why am I the problem in that? It's not that I'm oversharing. I'm trying to help people. I'm trying yeah. to talk about whatever. Cause I've been there, done that. Oh, no, I think it's a great answer. And I think that when you lead with the intention that that's why you're doing it, we can't ever control how someone else takes it, right? We can't control what someone else says, how, like, I've had people say, I can't believe you said this. And I'm like, I never said anything like that. It wasn't even at all. But we also recognize that we all look at life through our own lens, right? So as we are, as we're in this space, and I know your time is short today, What's your lens now? Like compared to when you think of who you were before and what you've created now, what does your lens on life look like now? Boom. Uh, <laughs> I talk about it a lot. And uh, I think it really started first, you know, on the lens is how I view a man. Um, and, and for me, it was that macho, you know, the being tough. Uh, I fought a lot when I was a little kid. Even when I got older, you know, I learned how to be able to mirror my audience, uh, mirror my personality from my audience and how to maneuver through, you know, use manipulation, whatever I needed to do for the scary situations where I was in or if I felt scared and uncomfortable. Um, so it was really looking at it and being like, how do I want to be, right? So for instance, like my dad being a player or me being a player and doing the same shit, it was like, well, when, when I have a daughter, so eventually she's going to meet somebody who's uh, just like me. And now it's going to be me saying the same thing, you know, and, and being the broken record. So my dad showed that to his daughter and it was like, do I want to show that to my daughter? This is how you treat a woman. You know, do I do that? Uh, I was terrified to have a son. I did not want to have a son first. Why? Because my dad was hardcore with me. He was tough. Like you had to be tough 24 seven. I fist fought him in high school. Like I was so afraid from that. You know, I was so afraid with my stepdad because he's cool, but 
even on sometimes, you know, I say the wrong thing. We get political. And he 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 uh, would always say, like, Donald Trump's the greatest thing. And I'm like, honestly, I don't like the dude. And I'm like, just because that's not a leader, that's not what a leader is to me. Like, I get people love him. I understand why people love him. But that's not what I see as a leader. You know, that's not what I see as a man. Uh, some of the things he says, I don't agree with. And that's it. You know, it's not political or anything. I'm just saying who you see as a leader. And that's kind of where it was for me. It was figuring out as a man, luckily now I have a son on the way. And I'm so happy about that because I had to do some of that inner work. You know, I had to be able to face things and understand it for myself because I was like, man, you know, how am I going to be any better to my son? If I'm talking about hating, you know, all the things my dad used to be to me or my dad would be, you know, tough as nails with me. Yeah. It molded me into who I am and made me into who I am. You know, I'm grateful for those things, but it's simulated experience. You know, I can treat my kids a little bit different. I can be better on my own. So for me, it was looking at it, you know, how do you view a man? Uh, how do you be able to communicate? You know, what are some of the things that are important to you and how are you going to be able to carry that on, you know, throughout your legacy? Mm, thank you for sharing that. And as you do that, you're obviously doing that with your business, with your podcast and everything that you're creating now. And you're doing this with your life that's also um, impacting and supporting your family. Absolutely as well. You know, so as I went through it, and uh, I would say the biggest part, another big part uh, was my mentor and now business partner, Zach Babcock is, uh, I listened to this dude and he talks about getting out through prison and healing and inner journey. And it really was something like that for me, where it was like, man, I'm doing all these things, you know, I'm healing, I'm uh, getting to this point, you know, I met him in person in, in July in St. Louis and we're talking and I'm like, bro, I've never felt that. Like I met, I felt like I've known this dude my whole entire life. That's the biggest brother that I've uh, ever had. And I'm like, bro, like, he helped me so much when I was just listening to his podcast and being in his monthly coaching group to where I started a podcast. And I started doing these things because I was terrified to do a podcast. And I went to my parents. That's stupid. Why would you start a podcast? You know, went to family. That's stupid. And I'm like, you know what? It is stupid. It's stupid to you guys, but it's not stupid to me because mm -hmm. this is what I care about. You know, and for me, I, I struggled with knowing what you're passionate about. Uh, again, I dealt with narcissists. So they want to flip everything on you and talk about you, 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 where it's like, no, that's not it. You know what I mean? Uh, what it is, is I really want to just be me and I want to be happy and I want to do whatever it is. So if my passion is being able to articulate my message to people and talk about the uncomfortable shit, then I absolutely will do that. And that's what podcasting allowed me to do, which allowed me to be a better dad, husband in the end. And uh, I'm still working at that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing. It's funny because somebody said to me just this week, they were like, okay, but when you're podcasting, like, do you have to, you have to do all this research? You got to figure out what you're going to share with everybody. I'm like, no, I've got to the point where I pretty much just share what I'm going through. Like this podcast, a lot of times is like, I'm coaching myself and I'm doing it out in front and you guys get to see it firsthand. And it's actually some of the most relatable stuff because people can connect to it. 100%. And that's what I do as well. Uh, actually, I so I have a podcast booking service and I was talking to one of my clients about it and he was just like, hey man, I'm starting out, you know, and I'm building him up now. And I was just like, um, really good dude. You know, he has a seven figure business and he he was trying to figure out like how to communicate and do you do research on people? And I'm like, man, you know, and I'm like, yes and no. Yes, I do the research if I don't know who the person is or whatever it is. You know, I don't feel like we can click because you're not going to click with all people. But I was yeah. like, for the most part, like I'm so dialed in on what I'm doing that I genuinely just want to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. So it's either that we genuinely have the conversation on the podcast. And if I can ask you questions, you respond. And if I ask you questions and you're dry, then I'm going to end the episode. 
because that's not someone who I want to do business with. That's not someone I want to talk with. So it kind of changes that for me. So yeah, for me, I don't do as much research. Sometimes I talk about the top of my head or if they're a six figure entrepreneur, I'm like, Hey man, we're talking about mindset. So how did you get there? What is it? You know, and you can be able to gauge it off them. So it was funny telling that to a client. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, may not been the best advice they can say, but it's true, you know, is, Hey, sometimes you're going to click with people and you're not, you know, I go on, I used to go on seven to eight podcasts a week. And now I've tailored it back because I take care of the daughter, run the two podcasts and uh, definitely learned about that. And uh, so it's one thing for me where it's like, yeah, you know, you figure out for you, what's going to work for you, how you're going to do it. For me, I structure my show uh, specifically to where I'm booked out all the way till May of 2023 now mm-hmm. for both shows. So it was one thing for me where I was like, I have to be intentional with what I'm doing. But as I'm more dialed in on what I'm doing, other people are going to resonate with that. They're going to be able to cap off it. So like you said, you know, we may not do as much research, but it's easier for us because we're just having genuine conversations and helping people through what we're going through as well. Because again, we're humans. They're humans. Boom. Exactly. And we meet each other along that way. I always say we are so much more alike than different. We are all so much more alike than different. And the more we can accept and recognize that is really, really powerful. It is. So I know our time is short. Where's the best place for people to connect with you, follow, learn more about you? Best way to connect with me is going to be Alundis underscore Havens. Uh, My first podcast is The Winner's Paradigm. Second one is Alpha Influence Media. But easiest way is go to The Winner's Paradigm. That'll be the best way to find me. It'll drag you back into the business or the other podcast as well. Mm, Beautiful. Beautiful. So I've loved our short conversation. It's been really, really good. But I have one more question for you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Ooh, I know. Sneaky, right? (laughs) I'm just going to go with core values. Uh, I talk about it on every single podcast. And it's funny. It's like I got mad at myself because I'm like, oh, you do is talk about the same. But it's really true. You know, you do what's important to you and you be what's important to you. Uh, we talk about influencers. We talk about, you know, acting a certain way, like just be who you want to be and be that and be the best you can be of that. And for me, that's been it. Like I've dealt with the identity issues. I've dealt with not being able to be me. I've dealt with having to change it. You know, uh, I also was the class clown and uh, I wasn't good. I had got good grades in school, but I wasn't good in the classroom because it's too much. You know, I wanted the attention because I was missing it somewhere, you know, and it was uh, always going that extra, trying to do something else and, and not be who I am. So get your core values written down, figure out what's important to you and then live it. And that's it. You know, for me, it was uh, doing that in business when I started working with my business partner and he's like, first thing, core values. And I'm like, man, you know, people don't understand how important it is when it's that, you know, for me, I made my core values an action plan and I live that every single day. And that's how I learned how to be able to do something. And even at the same time, like I'm looking at myself every single day and I'm like, you know what, that resonates with me. That doesn't. I got angry. Why? You know, why did this reaction come out of me? Well, maybe it's because of this. Okay, well, let's do some healing there. And then I can get to the next point. And and it all started with, you know, figuring out what was important to me and then living by that code. I I couldn't agree more. Like I said, in core values, when I first really started to bring them into my life and business, I had them like on the wall. And every decision that I said yes or no to would line up with that. It would be if it would be like, I don't know what to say if it's yes, yes or no. I would look up and I'm like, oh, it's a no, because it doesn't even match what I say is important to me. And that's the big thing about core values. It's really like who you are and it does dictate what your yeses and nos are. You can, I actually just recently went through an exercise through my NLP where I was able to look at my core values and recognize they've changed. I was like, oh, you know what? They've actually, 
Oh, I love it. It's been so good for me, but I recognize that, oh, they've actually changed because I've changed. I'm a totally different person now. And so that's the piece of it is that, yes, there are going to be some similarities, but your values, the sooner you can get clear on what your core values are, the easier your decisions get to be. 100%. And actually, that's my next step. So right now, uh, learning video editing, because that's the part of the business where we're chopping up content. And uh, after that, I want to dive more into the NLP, you know, get certified so I can just help people with that. Because that's my goal, you know, is the mindset gig and helping people shape them wherever they come from, because I've been through that, you know, and and have people that have been through worse. So I can definitely hear you out as a person through anything you've been through. And uh, I love that because we get to be able to get in more in touch with ourselves. And as we do that, we're more in touch with helping other people and being better because again, you know, we see ourselves in a lot of people or whatever it is or emotions. So you're like, yeah, this is easy. You know, and the people are like, you're really good at this. You're like, I'm just passionate about it because <laughs> I've been so frustrated and angry and felt every single emotion of what I was going through to where it's like, now I can help people on that. So it's funny because when you go through, you're like, I can't live. This is so hard. And then after you're laughing, because you're like, I really can't believe I thought I couldn't live and get through this problem where it really, you know, eventually it ended. It it does. It does. And NLP, I always say is the work I didn't know I needed. It was the work I, like, I didn't know I needed it until I started. I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to understand so many of these pieces. And I can tell you without a doubt, the people that I've met in the process who are using it and supporting their clients with it have all come through the most unbelievable stories. They're like, they are not like, they are people who have walked through lots of different trauma and they are finding ways to heal. So I just want to, I just want to share that now that piece, because we might look at people again and think oh, they've got that all figured out. And it's like, no, they walked through 20 chapters that you didn't see to get to there. And that's the the fuel behind the work that they're doing now. 100%. And I don't think people realize that enough. You know, they've, like we said earlier, you know, people see the end goal, they think we have it all figured out. And you're like, man, you don't know what yeah. it was, you know, and again, it goes to us being leaders and effective communicators where we can be able to say that and go through it. And that's why I love NLP as well is like, you get in touch with that. And even uh, for me, you know, having the people around you that can check you or could tell you, Hey man, you know, why are you saying this or whatever? And it's just like, that's it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, what? I did this healing. Oh, you know what? I have some more work I got to do. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't know I needed to do, you know, maybe here's something that you're uncomfortable with and you're like, that angers me. Well, why doesn't that, you know, where do you feel that in your body? You know, why do you feel this way? Uh, I'm, I got reactive and popped off with the wife. Well, why? Because maybe because I was angry because of this, you know, so uh, definitely love, you know, the ability to just learn from ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the more we learn from ourselves about ourselves, the more we can actually step into the roles that we're here to serve and create and help others. So yes, we always go first. Absolutely, Marsha. And you are an amazing host. So I really appreciate you, my friend. Oh, you're so welcome. Honestly, I've loved this conversation and connection. I'm sure we will be having another one. Oh, we will for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.